The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process, briggsauction.com. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, who are rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners, go and get engaged. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And stateside, Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, what players in the NBA would you trade Joel Embiid for straight up if you didn't love him? Speaking of Embiid, will his game change now that he's already won the MVP? Is the bench really important at all? What has Daryl Morey done with free agency? Also, James Harden and Daryl Morey aren't friends anymore. Recapping the history of the Ricky theme songs and the Sixers 2K ratings. Finally, Weekly Becky weighs in on the Sixers cuckold situation. I did mention stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Mike, I don't know if you saw, there is a new vodka soda flavor. Watermelon. Watermelon. Have you tried it yet? They haven't sent me any. No, I haven't gotten any yet. Neither have I. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a watermelon guy. Not a cucumber guy, not a watermelon guy. But it's good. A lot of options for everybody. A lot of options. They have tons of flavors of the vodka sodas, of course. Love the orange. I try the watermelon. I'm just not a watermelon guy. But if you go to statesidevodka.com, you can try all the vodka sodas. Also, the Surfside iced tea and vodkas, you can get the combo pack where it has all the flavors, the peach tea, the iced tea, the iced tea lemonade vodka, the lemonade and vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com, but you got to be 21. As I've mentioned, I don't know if you've heard, Connor Barwin's Make the World Better Foundation concert is August 26th at the Dell East with Always and Alex G. We will be doing a live Carl Landry Record Club at the tailgate right beforehand, 4.30 until 6.30 to benefit the Make the World Better Foundation, Connor Barwin's charity in Philly. You can get tickets to the tailgate by going to the Make the World Better Foundation website, which we will link in the description of this pod stateside actually going to be there at the tailgate. So taking part in that as well, without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who will do who knows what if you get him to five margaritas. That is one, Mike Levin. Here we are. Yep. We're in August. Mm-hmm. We're watching the Phils. We're having a nice day. We're on day 100 of the strike. Who would have thought? It sounded like they were, you were going to more. I just didn't Let's want to see. Do I have more? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my basketball team is four and two. Okay. 
Um, I play like this. I don't sure. play like that. Well, come on. I play. I'm pretty intense. Mike playing basketball. Mike playing basketball. I'm in my prime. Honestly, sign, sign me. There you go. Yep. Um, anything oh, else? To the pod. You know, you know what anything. Okay. If you think of anything. I'll think of, yeah, I'll just sort of shout new things out uh-huh. as uh-huh. they come. This comes from Michael Scotto. Uh, he interviewed Keith Pompey for his for an article or something for Hoops Hype. But I was a little more interested in what Michael Scotto had to say. Some with the Sixers were a little bit surprised James Harden opted into the final year of his player option. To my understanding, the best Sixers would have considered was something along the lines of a two-year deal, which would have included a team option. And that sort of short-term commitment wasn't going to appeal to James Harden. Harden knew the team he wanted to go to, the Clippers, and the only way to get his money was to opt in because of the restrictions with the salary cap. There's still been dialogue between the two teams. As for Harden and Daryl Morey, it's been a while since they've spoken and their relationship is done. I find that to be a little bit sad, if true, to be quite honest with you. They did seem like they had a good relationship. Like they were like friends, good working relationship. And for the relationship to be done, I mean, I guess I don't care that much. It's just kind of a bummer, I guess, as people. It's very funny that it's like... uh it's said with such finality yeah, and like certainty. The, <laughs> yeah. the relationship is done. Is done. We'll never come back. I think that if that's the case, James is being a little bit dramatic, mm-hmm. especially this late in his career and this much mm-hmm. time with this guy. Like, you got to know he's going to do what it takes to win. And it's hard to imagine someone, you know, I think Daryl's very nice, but like, we're, he doesn't seem to ha- handle delicate human things. That's not his specialty, I would say. You don't think? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. And so him going like, how much is Daryl thinking about James's feelings on a personal level? I'm sure he's thinking about it a lot on a team level. That's his job. That's his number one priority. But like for a person that he's worked with for so long, how much is he like upset? if this is really the case on a, on a true human level. And then on like the analytical side on the like percentage chance, the Sixers have it advancing to the finals, whatever, uh, you know, how much, how much does he still think like, yeah, yeah, we can make this work. This is still like the best option. And I have no idea. I would love a very honest, very honest Daryl conversation about it. And I would love a very honest James conversation about it. And if if there could be like some sort of like, I don't know, could like Oprah sit down with both of those guys (laughs) separately and then they could like splice the interviews together Uh and then like cross cut it and have like both guys on either side of the screen. Uh I think that could be cool if Oprah is around and wants to do that and sort of uh, connect these two guys again. But I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. You know, I actually was just thinking about it again, and I actually don't care at all. <laughs> okay. Air friendship. Me talking maybe. about it made you care less. <laughs> well, maybe- As Mike's saying something, and I don't give a shit about what it is. No, it turns <laughs> no, out I don't care. Turns I out. Think, I think I. I think the fact that I, I was I was thinking about it, and I was like, ah. Uh, is it really a shame? I mean, I guess on the most surface level possible, I guess I don't. Mm, I don't know. I don't sure. know. It, I do find it interesting that obviously Harden's camp is is 
telling everyone that they are done because I can't imagine Daryl is, is telling people, yeah, you know, we're, <laughs> we're done. done. I'm done with him. Yeah. Get that yeah. guy to my fucking yeah. face. I'm, I'm taking down the art of him in my house as we speak. <laughs> All the James Harden t-shirts. I threw them on a box on the street. Someone's going to take them. <laughs> that, hug, that hug must've been, would it might as well have been a hundred years ago. I'm you suing know. Google to remove the hug from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that happening now. Yeah. So nothing has happened. This came from the. <laughs> nothing has happened. Another podcast. <laughs> Here we go. Well, we have to do some stuff before we get to the cuckold. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so, so. Sure. Here's a little song and dance before we get to the, the part you're really here for. <laughs> so we, I, I check in on the Ricky Reddit every every day or two. And there was a question. It said, list of Ricky intro songs. By the way, the Ricky Reddit is R writes to Ricky Sanchez. Uh, List of Ricky intro songs. Before the current, there was the Run the Jewels song and the Dana Barra song way back. But I can't help but think I'm missing one or two. So I went through and I'll go through what I have. And you tell me if if I'm missing anything at all. So... As the the poster said, and I will just to remind everyone, the first one we ever did was Dana Barros, the guard from the Sixers, had a rap song on a uh, an album that was NBA players rapping called B Ball's Best Kept Secret, and it was yeah. called Check It. This was one, the, of, the one of my favorite all time players, Dana Barros. Oh, gr- amazingly fun player. had just a tremendous tremendous season the year before they got iverson was the only guy on that team i'm looking at it right now was that the year he scored 50 he scored 50 in a game i think yeah he he, he was the only season he made an all-star he played all 82 games he averaged 41 minutes per game wow he's he's he averaged 20.6 points 7.5 assists 1.8 steals Shoot on, on splits of 49% from the field, over 46% from three, just one tick under 90% from the line. Wow. He was just awesome. And the rest of his career, he didn't average more than 13 points a game in any season. He was averaging over 20 in this one. And it was just like such a cool season. And then Iverson got drafted and he immediately did all of that stuff, but but better. Although Iverson wasn't as good of a shooter as from outside as, as Dana was. Did you say Dana, he shot 46% from three? 46% from three on 5.2 attempts per Wait, game. Was that the at short, that time. was that the short three point line year? I don't know. It might've been, I think the short three point line year was 96, 97. Would that have know. been? I don't current? remember it. Uh, I don't remember which year it was, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, for his career, he shot over 40% from three, 41.1% from three. Um, so a lot of seasons over it. He was, I mean, he was just awesome. He was uh, just it, awesome. So for three seasons, beginning in 94, 95, so 94, 95, 95, 96, 96, 97, the three point line was down to 22 feet. Mm. But he was consistently yeah. over 40 every other year, pretty much. That's amazing. Guy's the man. So then our friend, Amos Lee, who I never mean, shot I, over 40% in the NBA. Not that we know of. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Amos recorded a song for us and we, it, it didn't last very long. I don't think because I I'll, I'll explain in a second, but this was the first one Amos did. Yeah. 
does not help. There are no, there are no, no more bullets that make it really easy overnight. Got to trust the process, which I've been doing. Right now. Just want to keep walking on my game. Trust the process. Now you really have to face yourself in the mirror every day. So what happened with this one? Trust the process. Is that Amos and his musical director, Jaron Olefsky, produced it and sent it to me. And after we'd been using it for a little while, he told me, he's like, oh, it has a sample in it. I was like, oh, no. And I was like, what's the sample from? He's like, Curtis Mayfield. And I went and I listened. And it wasn't just like a tiny little sample. He basically took, like it was a reinterpolation of the song mm. and made me nervous um, that somebody would be litigious and sue us. So we got rid of it. So that was that one. Has anyone ever tried to sue us? I've never gotten like a like a cease and desist letter or anything. No, that's but, a shock. In yeah. some way that we well, have in ten years of this, I would I would have taken the over on that. Certainly, with the number years. of people that you've wished death upon, uh, lightly. <laughs> it wasn't that light. We we have not been sued, as far as I know. It did make me nervous because this was around the time I believe, or at least sort of close to the time where we started selling advertising as well, which made us, could make us a bigger target. So then we were left without a song. And I texted my friend, Tommy Conwell, local uh, rock star in Philly, and asked if we could use I'm Not Your Man. And he said, yeah, I won't sue you. But what I didn't think about was that like, Tommy wouldn't be the one deciding that. Tommy doesn't fucking know. Would have been record label or publisher or something. And we had this, I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's like super long. We had this intro here. I'll, I'll play it. We talk a lot about process, not outcomes. Sam Hinkey, belated genius, I guess. Is that what we call him? He worked for the Sixers, figured out this loophole in the draft system. It worked, but he got fired. And now he's a hero in Philadelphia. I think it's Hinkeyism. I think the man has started a... It just went on and on and on and on with clip after clip after clip after clip. So then we, through a, a, a music management contact that I know, hi, John, John Landman and the syndicate, we were able to come to a deal to be able to use Run the Jewels, Legend Has It, um, I forget what we paid. We paid a very low rate that we shouldn't have paid. Um, to, and I think we used it for two years. We are and that the murderers was there. Then with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the push. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. You run over and out of this bitch. It was cool that we used it. It seemed a little too legitimate for us. Yeah, on some level. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, I love Run the Jewels. Yeah. That was very cool Yeah, that we could use their shit. And then then we ended up with the current one, uh, we were right, which is Amos and Jaron. And if there is a sample in there, then I don't, I don't know of it. The only other thing that we ended up using was, oh, I didn't upload it because I was going to play it, was the War on Drugs song from the new record that we used for about a month when we were promoting the new record, uh, Living Proof, right? And I think, you know, we were the reason it did well, obviously. 
Yes. Well, they, they, Adam and Dave came on the night that the record was released. Was Where else would they go? Yeah. Nobody else wanted them. We took pity on this little band. This tiny little, tiny little band. Yeah. Let them on the pod. God bless them. Yeah. I hope those scrappy kids figure something out. Music's not working out for them, but something, something should. They're that album, kids. by the way, uh, I don't live here anymore, has grown on me exponentially as the years have gone on. I think that came out two years ago, something like that. Oh, it rules. I think it's my most played album on Spotify, probably. It's a great, great, great record. Yeah. And uh, I think I think War on Drugs generally is a grower, you know, is like like the more that you hear it, the more that you like it. Love War on Drugs, though. That was, uh, that was cool having them on and using it. In any case, you know what else is cool, Mike? Briggs Auction official auction of the process go to briggsauction.com right now or download the app in the app store or google play they have the discovery art auction going on right now a lot of art now i'm not going to cut now i i missed out i haven't won an auction in a while i bid on one two weeks ago i thought i was going to get it i missed out on it i do have a bid in on a lot in the discovery art auction i will reveal it if i win it i've been getting frustrated because I lose all the time now. Maybe we're making Briggs Auction far too popular. I was talking to Stephen from Briggs Auction the other day. He said there was something like they had open pickup on Saturday and he said like eight or nine Ricky listeners came to pick something up. He said most of them were the wine and spirits auction, which is also funny for some reason. Briggs Auction, new auctions every week, discovery auctions, which have everything, collectibles, you know, musical instruments. Uh, he had one Ricky listener buy a vehicle at some point all that stuff, clothing, as CJ could tell you, there's the estate auctions, which have ton of great, like classic furniture that you're not going to find anywhere else. There's the art auction going on right now, the wine and spirits auctions that happen. What I'm telling you is just check in every week. It's fun. There's cool shit. You're not going to find anywhere else. Briggsauction.com, Briggsauction.com. And if you're downsizing, you want to get rid of a bunch of stuff, you think it has value, you reach out to none other than info at briggsauction.com. That is info at briggsauction.com. Now, just to close the book on the music portion of it, we got an email. It says, number one, salutations. Number two, I recently took over responsibilities of representing the musical rock group, The Lefts of Ricky Sanchez. In doing I see my- how, I see how they got, <laughs> I see how they got the joke. In doing my introductory research about the band in order to better represent them, I happened to I happened across your mixed media corporation of a similar name. It appears as if your corporation's content and the lyrical content of the musical group that I represent share a similar source material. To my dismay and confusion, the group insists on specifically and exclusively producing songs that are inspired by this aforementioned shared source material. They have begun writing songs and recording with some newfound urgency as they, quote, have a significant amount of free time with the current ability to look at a roster. Perhaps this means something to you. While I'm still trying to understand and come to terms with the creative direction of the rock group, I am doing what I can to support their efforts. This is the reason that I'm contacting your media corporation. Since there appears to be certain rules of engagement to communicate with your media corporation, I will first oblige uh, the expected verbiage. One, basketball-related question. How is basketball doing? B, Non-basketball related question. What is your official opinion on the highly decorated, incredible intelligence whistleblower, David Grush, testifying to Congress under oath about the existence and of a retrieval and reverse engineering program for non-human anomalous craft? Please be specific upon your reply. 
any opinion on the uh, alien guy? Uh, alien guy, I don't believe. Um, basketball doing well. <laughs> How is basketball doing? Basketball doing well. Watching some the tournament. Watching some WNBA. Enjoying mm-hmm. myself. Playing a lot. Watching a lot. It's no. There's no off season spike. We don't need to have one. Just continue to do it. The I don't. I want. I love space. I love the idea of uh, non-human, non-Earth beings. Um, I do not believe him. I think it comes down to this. Just then show me a a picture of something. (laughs) Like, could somebody who thinks this exists just have one clear image of something? Yeah, those images are from like 1987. Yeah. Grainy level footage. And it's like, okay, this is it. Yeah, yeah, I just we got it. I can't get there. We have there are we have these amazing cameras on everything. These amazing, you know, fucking telescopes. All this. Yet every image of a UFO is like, is wait, is that a star? Is it like what is that? I can't see it. And this guy, by the way, didn't see anything. He just said that somebody told him. Mm -hmm. So I just, I need to see it. I need to see it. He didn't, he spoke credibly, but I did not believe him. So, yeah. NBA 2K24 came out. You don't play video games anymore, do you? I, do you? I don't. I, I could. And <laughs> during a writer's strike, it might be a good time to do it. But I do worry about like how much if I started like a career on, mm. you know, my play or whatever, I would dis- disrail my life in a way that is, uh, like irretrievable. Yeah. Um, but so mostly I just play like the occasional Mario Kart. Yeah. I don't play anymore. Not much. Yeah. I I played, I used to play 2k a lot online and I would just get my ass kicked in by some kid who was cursing at me the whole time. And I just sat there. I was never a headset guy. I I didn't talking to people on the thing. So I didn't have the headset on, but I would have like just the volume up. So I would hear it. So I wouldn't be able to talk back to them. So I just turned the volume down. Um, but I, I gave that up years ago. In any case. The, I, but I saw the ratings. These ratings are right. Oh, you saw them already. Damn it. I should have told you not to look. No, no. So, I mean, but look, we can be upset about them or uh, well, overly generous. Couple of couple of interesting things. And uh, Sean uh, Barnard on Twitter, I think he's from Philly sports network or, or a website. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I will look it up as we're going over this. I'm sorry, Sean. And beat a 97, obviously incredible. This great, great mm-hmm. score. I think that the curious ones to me are Paul Reed having the same score as Montrose Harrell. Well, a 76. Specifically 76 is like so high for Montrose Harrell. You're right, right. What name a skill that he's a 76 at? Anything, even being alive, barely. Philly Sports Network. There we go. Philly staff writer from Philly Sports Network. Sean. That's about. Let's go. Let's go through them all. Okay. We just did our. We did our theme songs. We can go through each guy <laughs> on the fucking two K twenty four ranking. That's a good point. We'll get to the cuck stuff. I I promise. So Embiid a ninety seven. James Harden a ninety. I think it's high. Feels a little high. I think it's high. Feels a little high. You know. 90 at what, you know? I yeah, guess. I mean, certainly at Shutting least a 90 at like, the, uh, like creation for others. Sure. At least. 
Yeah. That's a, that's something he's at least a, like an elite player at. But a 90 tells me that like you're elite at like multiple things. And he's just not at this point. Tyrese Maxey at an 84. Low. Feels, low. It feels right now. Though. So low. Mm-hmm. Not so low. I think if Harden was an 80, if Harden was an 87 and Maxey was an 86, I would feel happier. Or like okay. they're both 87s or something. You think I, at the end of last year, forgetting about the the final performance, that Tyrese Maxey was, was as good as James Harden? Um, certainly not to like the Sixers' success in the regular season. Harden was more integral to that. Um, but I would, so I would, in these rankings and giving him like a little bit of credit just because of who he is, I would probably have Harden should be like an 88 and Maxey should be like an 86 or 87. Okay. Tobias an 81, which feels, also feels like a little, maybe, a little low. Oh, I was going to say two ticks high. I would give him an, if, if Maxey's an 86, I would give Tobias like an 83. D'Anthony Melton a 78. That feels right. Until you see that Mo Bamba is a 77. I love it. <laughs> I think that is projecting forward of him being a 77 for me, playing for me personally. Okay. All right. Um, but it obviously is high. Yes. 77 for, I don't know. To me, it's like, don't you think D'Anthony Melton's as good as Tobias Harris? Um, on this team? Yes. But I would say in general or skills or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Obama should be a little bit low. I, I just don't, I don't love ratings systems. I'm not saying they should go, guys should go down to like 12, (laughs) but like, Rating systems that like start at a, there you go. Boom. Single up the middle. Uh, I, I don't like rating systems that just like start at like 70, you know, or like here's the, the begin where the first 70 numbers are gone. Like that's why like a dunk contest, the lowest you can give someone is a six. And it's like, well, why, what about one, two, three, four, and five? Like, well, my, what do we do? It just I, feels like an arbitrary, everything's arbitrary, obviously, but if we're going to use a number set, use the full number set. There's no, just don't don't say like between them or something. I don't know. I, feels I bet they me. just don't want to piss off players. For and, sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So the Mobam is high at 77. I would probably have given him like a 72 or 73. Yeah. Pat Bev, Montrose Harrell, B-Ball all at 76. Okay. So B-Ball 76, I'm fine with. I think that that's fair. And even Trez Pat should Bev be a 66. At right. 65, even under this system, like he should be incredibly low. Um, he was out of the rotation. Like, what are we doing? 76 is crazy. Um, and Pat Bev, I think, should be like more of like a, like a 73, 72. PJ Tucker, 75. And that's, ro- I mean, that's wrong. That, that's too low. That's too low. 100. He's an NBA starter for like a, a top three seed. Did you see? I saw, and he played well in the playoffs. Like you got to give. I mean, I know he's not great at a lot of things, but like this, neither's Harden. I, I would, I would give PJ like a 79, 78, 79, 75. Under Trez is like one of the most repulsive things I've seen. I've seen a lot of bad stuff on the internet, well, and I think PJ Tucker under Trez. He's not yeah, worse than Mobamba. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Daniel Change the ratings. Daniel House is a 73. It, this is all like that would be fine if like Trez at 76 really like skews the entire thing. Like I want to dig into the um, like, you know, how in like polls they say like, well, let's dig into the cross tabs. Like I want to yeah. dig into the cross tabs of who the fuck decided Trez should be a 76 <laughs> and like what what they are 
give me more, give me more context there. Cause that's honestly, whoever decided that should lose their job. And I'm not, final. I'm not like about <laughs> firing people generally, but like that person specifically, whoever was responsible for that ranking individually should absolutely lose her job. And then Jaden Springer at a 71. I'm just using it. I'm putting it on a, putting it on the chalkboard yeah. bulletin board mm-hmm. using it as material for this season. If I'm Jaden Springer, I'm seeing that and I'm saying, okay, let me prove you wrong. Let me prove you how I'm not five points worse than Montrez Arrow for Christ's sake. Speaking of Daniel House, we got this voicemail at eight. No Corkmas face. Oh, no, he, Look, he wasn't that. He wasn't on Sean's list. Not even rated. Furkan Corkmas. Put that CJ. Go find that. The score's got to be out there. Somewhere. Doesn't even exist. If I would guess Corkmas, I would say seventy. Taking Harold off it, I would say like a seventy-three. Yeah, seventy-three. Seventy-one. He's seventy-one. Seventy-one. Yeah. That's low. Same as Jaden Springer. I'm upset. I'm so upset about Trez being a 76. And again, nothing against him personally. And he did tear his ACL. Sorry for him. But like, shouldn't be playing national basketball level basketball. We got this voicemail. 833 Lickface. Look, I don't know if this is addressed to Spike, Mike, CJ, Harold, or Daryl, or Mr. Mori, whatever is best to call him. But I just have to let this podcast know that I lived in Boston for two years during the first two losses in the playoffs of the process era. I've lived elsewhere and now I'm moving back up there. Can somebody just do something? Look, I just can't take another one. And, you know, non-basketball question, which Sixer shouts affirmations in the mirror? Basketball question, will Nick Nurse unlock Daniel House? Thanks. Please, God, somebody do something with whatever roster we have. Wow. Amazing that your basketball question is, will Nick Nurse unlock Daniel Lyles? He's been <laughs> a career dentist. He's been trapped <laughs> in some room waiting to be unlocked. Maybe I think Nick Nurse, career. I think, I think Dan Hass will have a, have a fine season under Nick Nurse. If he's on the team. Sure. Yeah, I guess so. He should and be on the team. There's just not that many guys that are like athletic and can kind of shoot and kind of defend. Like it's now I bet, the other question, we will come up with the same answer. I'm going to go one, two, three. I'm going to want us to both say it at the same time. What was the other question? The sixer that oh, affirmations. yells affirmations I don't think in the mirror. Yells throws yells. me off a little bit. How about just says out loud, says okay. affirmations in the mirror. Okay. You have one in your head? Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Corkmas. Oh. <laughs> Corkmas. That would be interesting. <laughs> Tobias seems possible for sure. I'll tell He's you one. It's very like you are enough. You yeah. are good. Yeah. You're doing your best. People appreciate you. Maybe. I think, I don't think he would talk, you know, he's just sort of, he, 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 he goes about his business. He's a good mm-hmm. guy, good team guy does some, does the little things on this team behind the scenes. We love Tobias. We love LL Pavorsky, LL Pavorsky jewelers. Um, LL was the very first advertiser on the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast, even when we did not want any advertising. He got, he forwarded me this email. Congratulations to Zach and his new fiance, Jamie, who got engaged. I don't know what number they are. They're over 320 somewhere. Um, I believe we're over 330, actually. 330 Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners who uh, got 
engagement rings from Lee. Good evening, Lee. You may see this email and get a little worried at first, and I wouldn't blame you one bit given the situation, but I come bearing great news this time. Jamie officially said yes while hiking Rocky Mountain National Park. I like officially said yes, indicating like before it was like a tentative yes. Well, we don't know what happened. Had to before. think about it, and yeah. then during a hike, made it official. Yeah, um, I just wanted to email you and let you know. Thank you once again for all your amazing assistance throughout the process. I plan on giving rave reviews to anyone I know who's in the market for jewelry. In addition to sending an email to Spike and Mike, since they are part of what drove me to you. Part, and I hope we would be the whole thing. LL is we, we always get great emails. And if we don't get the email, LL will forward us the email from people who get engagement rings from Lee. You simply can't go anywhere else. If you're right, shy about forwarding those emails. <laughs> it's not. If you're a right, Ricky Sanchez listener, you cannot go to anyone else. He wants to give you personal attention, which is why he wants you to make an appointment and not just show up at the store, though you can just show up at the store and take a picture in front of it. But if you want to buy an engagement ring, you've got to make an appointment. 215-627-2252. Email lee at llpavorsky.com. Tweet at him at llpavorsky. The store is at 707 Walnut, where it's been for over three decades. Lee supports our charities. Mama T's Community Fridge and Providence Animal Center. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Celebrity jeweler. Now that he has provided the ring for the engagement of Taylor Mizak and Tony Sander. Taylor is a good friend. Of, they're both a good friend of ours, obviously. Oh, Taylor Mizak of Dave. Of the show Dave on FX. She plays Allie Lodicki's girlfriend on the show. Or, yeah, I don't know. Early in the show, girlfriend. Former, uh, former podcast partner of Alyssa. Former podcast partner of Alyssa, my wife. Yep. Good he, stuff, everybody. Congratulations. Yeah. You too. They were at the... They went to the Blue Coats game. The Blue Coats night. That's yes. Right. Um, the Spotify question of the pod, underneath the podcast, you will see an episode Q&A that CJ always poses. On the last pod, CJ posed the question, what are you doing to celebrate the increased valuation of the 76ers organization? <laughs> Phil says, I'm going to play NBA 2K, drink 14 beers, uh, and start to plot my plan. My plan to buy the organization. Now, again, it has it has been a while since I played video games. But how much of NBA Two K is increasing your franchise's valuation? Oh, is there know. like sure, owner mode dumb. where There's you can be. sell? Like, hey, we got a new partner. It's it's an energy drink. <laughs> it's <laughs> sick. What I remember about that mode is like you could. Is there really owner mode? You could like raise the prices of concessions. Oh my god! <laughs> like increase that like sucks. <laughs> that that fucking kidding? sucks. Yeah. Let's make my little computer fans pay more. Uh, maybe you can open up a, a that arena blows. that everybody needs in the middle of this city. At least in Roller Coaster Tycoon, <laughs> like you can make the kids puke or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like you're fucking now, now, now chicken fingers cost $14. (laughs) Trob says heading to the metaverse coffee shop where I can tell my good friend Lucas this wonderful news. Dan says going on holiday and trying to forget about the 76ers and hoping James Harden is traded when I get home. Matty boy says watching Nerland's highlights 3 billion times. And Matt says throwing my annual, should I continue spending time watching this sport party? Congratulations to all of you. Did you see that uh, the Mavericks signed Derek Jones Jr.? Yeah, that was the guy that Sixers Adam wanted. I mean, I, yeah, I wanted him also. Uh, one He's year. Athletic 3-4. Three, three, that's not that bad of a shooter. From, 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 from Chester. 
Yes, he would be the number one option. If they were to sign him, he would be the only player on the roster. Yeah. Um, they're just keeping that other roster spot open. And you're just like, I guess we're just not going to do anything at all. Like that, to me, it's just weird where you're like, we're going to, we got to sign Philip Petrushev. We got to commit it. We got to commit to this guy. We got to do it. He's here. He's coming over to the fanfare of the crowd. Petrushev, backup center number seven. We got him. He's the Furkan. He's Daryl's Furkan Aldemir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I hope speak, he sets good screens. Speaking of which, this came from Cole to write Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Hi, Spike, Mike, and CJ. With so much speculation circling the 2024 free agency class and president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey, indicating that he is looking to have plenty of cap space to potentially reload during next offseason, I was curious as to how, six, the, how successful the Sixers have actually been at signing free agents in his tenure here. The Harden 1 plus 1 is obviously his biggest move as far as dollar value, but when factoring in age, talent, years, and value, is Paul Reed the best free agency move the Sixers made since president of basketball operations Daryl Morey has been here? As in re-signing B-Ball? Yeah, I think that's what he means. I mean, they haven't really signed any other notable free... Uh, 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 PJ Tucker? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's... It was pretty good that he was here for the playoffs, but I don't think anyone would look at that contract and go like, oh, great deal. Yeah. Thank God we gave him three years. Thank God we gave him three years to play into his 80s. Um, Speaking of 80s, Hubie Brown staying at ESPN. He's going to be 90 when the season starts. Good for him. I about it. Not good for him. Yes, good for him. Not good for him. Don't say anything you're going to regret. Not good for him. Does he know he can watch basketball without... (laughs) Working at ESPN and calling. Does he know that they have basketball on TV? Does he know that he can do it? Does he want to hang out with his family? People should retire more if they can. Get out. What are you doing? (laughs) He must be. He better be like such a good dude. I'm sure he is. I don't I'm not sure that he is. I've never heard one person say he's not a good dude. I he and better been be alive a hundred years. Somebody yeah. would say you're that's a, that's a mostly fair. He yeah. better be such a good dude that they're just like, we just want to have him around and he's great. Like there's so many people that have gotten fired and laid off in this sports media climate and fucking 175 year old Hubie Brown is still trying to work, still trying to be part of the labor force, buddy. Just talk to your friends. You don't need to be on TV anymore. <laughs> you made it. You made so much money doing all this shit. Why is he still doing it? Let somebody else do it. It drives me crazy. Also, he hasn't add, add, added any value to a fucking broadcast. I mean, I guess he, people find him entertaining, but he's just like not saying anything interesting or new. He's just saying like, here's a guy. And then just keeps talking. It says the same thing. He's always it's says. your mistake for listening to the broadcast. Um, it just can be better. And it sometimes is, and it, do, it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be like the same shit that everybody says. We could have interesting discussions about baseball and learn and teach people about the sport that they, they do in football, I think. And in baseball, I would say. I would say basketball, of those three sports, basketball is more consistently the worst about actually explaining what's and talking in an interesting way about what's going on in the game compared to football and baseball. And maybe it's because I just know the most about basketball, so I find it whatever. But I was I gonna still, say that. I still think that it's true. 
I, football especially, uh, my theory long on football is that most of us don't have any idea what's really going on on a football play. Even but at least you, they're diagnosing something. Yeah, I guess. And in basketball, they're just like, there he goes. There it is. I don't want to learn. What a I, shot. I'd rather just have somebody humming a nice little tune, to be quite honest with you. Speaking of Hubie Brown, we did get this voicemail, which I think is uh, is important. 833 Lickface. Hey, Spike, Mike, and CJ. This is Kyle from New York. I was just curious what you all think happens after you die. Thank you. <laughs> oh, what happens when you die? You call games for ESPN. Yeah, you continue to do it. <laughs> you continue doing it. You're ghost. Um, I really have no idea. I don't even have a good guess. I I used to get pretty freaked out about this as a kid. Yeah. About dying. Um, not less about, just more like the idea that where do I go? Like what's, yeah. where does my like consciousness go? Yep. I feel like in the same way that I have a hard time, like I don't, I can't meditate. I can't like calm myself down to actually meditate yeah. in that I probably should. And it's probably good for you. I, I feel like even if your consciousness goes away after death, I mine will not because I'm holding on so, so tightly. So whatever, I don't know what happens, but I'm going to be aware of myself and my memories and who I am and all the fucking mistakes the Sixers have made in my lifetime after I die. I feel like I could talk about this forever because I have never been a religious person, I would say, until the last three or four years. And not only not religious, like staunchly don't believe in anything. And that has gone away. But the one thing that I haven't really reckoned with or thought about at all is what happens after you die. I There's something about the fact that like, energy is just transferred is not created or destroyed and that like the energy's got to go somewhere i just i i guess i have a hard time thinking about like heaven and hell and actually being conscious after you die but i don't know like at the very worst the very worst it's like before you were born there's nothing so to me that's like the worst case scenario that's not even that bad who knows to me dying seems worse than being dead like the process of dying. Sure. Yeah. Socks, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of immortality, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael Lorenzen's about to go for a no hitter in the oh, night. Really? I'm saying it, CJ. You want, me, you want me to say it? I'm saying it. Before that, I was going to say, did you guys see Talk to Me, the movie? I haven't seen it yet. Don't say anything. I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. Very, very good movie related to the conversation before. So, well, Talk it. to Me is the new A24 horror movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Horror. it. I will not be yeah. scared. I'm scared enough. Yeah. The, um, and the non-basketball question from Cole, uh, I think a, too little has been made of the fact that you two are confirmed relatives. Right. My first thought upon hearing that information was that Mike didn't invite his own cousin to <laughs> Mike. There's a lot of cousins I didn't invite to the wedding. So unfortunately, you could, we'll have my, we could talk to my mom about that for sure. Well, and you've you've held on to the information for a while, right? Ooh. Yeah, well, I've been meaning to say it. And I it just I kept I really wanted to like make sure it had its day. Yeah. It, it was I actually do think it was underplayed. I, I think I was I think so stunned by it, you know. That's fair. 
Yeah. Um, this comes from Raphael. Hi, writes Ricky Sanchez at uh, gmail.com. Hi, Spike, Mike, CJ, and Daryl. Raphael from Venezuela here. While doing everything I can to avoid looking at the roster, almost couldn't avoid it when I read Daryl's reply to Mike on Twitter, but it was the 1920 roster, which seems cruel and unusual punishment on Daryl's side. Mm -hmm. I stumbled upon the personal life section on, of Amos's Wikipedia page and the Ricky and even Tony T feature prominently. I just thought you should know. The clip from Amos's Wikipedia says, where is it? He makes appearances on rights to Ricky Sanchez, including recording the theme song and occasionally appears as the character of Tony, Tony to Tony. <laughs> on the basketball front, if you could trade Joel, now, why don't we take the emotion part out of it? Because we don't want to trade Joel for anyone. But let's just yeah. take from basketball alone. On the basketball front, if you could trade Joel one for one for any player in the league, assuming no cap issues, who would be on that list? So... Jokic, you have to say yes. Um, just one for one, one for one in starting a franchise. Yes, over. Yes, kind of thing. Yes, Nats down to their last out. By the way, uh -oh. His, history about to be made on this podcast. People are watching this podcast, waiting to hear history on this podcast. Yeah, because we're announcing it. Okay, during during the game. Um, there's probably like six or seven players I would. So Giannis. I would trade him for. Um, you know what? Uh, not an automatic for me. Not an automatic for me. Because I think Joel's game will probably age better than Giannis's. You because, of the, because of the jump shot. Take Giannis. Well, that's not, not a bad point. But the next three years. Probably for the next three years, the level of intensity that Giannis plays with and his like unmatched Length and athleticism, I would probably say, yeah. Uh, Luca, fuck that guy. I say no. Be close, but it's not a definite. I mean, I have, I have a, I don't think you can take emotion out of it. And I just, the, the emotion that I feel for Joel and the fact that I want it to happen for us and Joel together to validate the decade that we've been doing this. It, I, I'm going to give tie goes to Joel for sure. Uh, Tatum. No, I can't. I couldn't bring myself to do that. Durant. Nah, that guy's hurt. No, all too the old. Time. Steph. Too I think probably, yeah, you'd say Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Oh, if you're saying, okay, so Steph is pretty old. Maybe I wouldn't say Steph just because of his age. Yeah. And I would say Shea because of how much I love him. I think if I think this is you can't take emotion out of it. So I would say I would say yes, SGA. Yes. LeBron. No. And that's Lillard. I mean, that's pretty no. much it. You know, I mean, Booker. somebody might. I mean, you probably say women. Yama probably. The Spurs wouldn't do it. Um, the. You know, you could say. Someone someone might say Anthony Edwards. I. I probably would. I think he's going to be very good and is very good. But I, I don't. Joel just won MVP and is still in his prime. There's probably, yeah, there's probably like six or seven. Oh, baby. He fucking did it, man. No hitter. In his second start, for, and Johan Rojas gets to catch it. That rules. That kicks ass. Michael Lorenzen, Making trade deadline acquisition. On the podcast. They, well, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. You absolutely heard it here first. It's so fun. 
Last one since Coles on in Coles last game as a Phil. As a Phil. Who just that retired. Role. This is who like just retired. This is some sort of That's beautiful. Know, and it's fun when their family's there and they're just like flipping out. That kicks ass. Congratulations. No Unbelievable. For announcing this no hitter the first time. I'm gonna take that as a good omen for the Sixers. Ooh, I'm taking shouldn't. it and I'm using it. No, we have to. We have to take the <laughs> omens that we have. We've had so many bad omens. Yeah, we need a good one. Doesn't That's feel dope. like it's an omen for the Sixers. Uh, it feels like it to me. I'm wearing a Sixers hat. We're doing a Sixers podcast. I'm watching the Phillies broadcast on my phone. The right, Ricky Sanchez. And I saw me. CJ pumping his fist in the in the black <laughs> in, in the. What, what are we calling this? This what is the CJ zone? Is CJ in his in his green room? room? Can't see him in the yeah, green room. Green okay, room. Yeah. so that's where maybe that's where Dan House's potential is locked, <laughs> locked up in in CJ's green room. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Look, I'm going to explain something to you. You hear and see a lot of advertisements from personal injury lawyers. You see billboards. You hear advertisements. I'm going to be straight with you. They're all bullshit. They're all bullshit. Most of those law firms don't even exist in this area. In fact, when you call, they are transferring you. Like really what they're doing is they're referral services to other law firms. So you're not even getting the person that you see, the person that you hear. That's the difference with Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. You've seen Adam Cornblow at Live Rickies. You've seen him there. You've seen him make his own t-shirts at those events, have corn dog specials. And he, and it's Cornblow and Cornblow, which is the other Cornblow at this point is his mom. His parents started the law firm four decades ago. The best number one boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. Delaware Valley. And when you call Cornblow and Cornblow or email Cornblow and Cornblow, you are getting a Cornblow. You are getting the person that we are telling you about. He has a passion for this. He is good at it. He will keep you informed the whole way. It can be a sort of a painstaking process, personal injury lawsuits, but he is the best. So many of our listeners have gone to him and he has helped people out with like non-personal injury advice. He's always there. So before you go to any lawyer, you go to Cornblow and Cornblow first. Personal injury, talking about injured at work, slip and fall, car accident, yada, yada, yada. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam because you'll get a Cornblow. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. Or email Cornblow at Cornblow and Cornblow, K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U.com. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Love a Cornblow. Also, the reason why it's a good omen for the Sixers is because our very own Sixers Adam was in attendance for... The Michael Lorenzen no hitter. Um, he lives. He lives at the Phillies game. He has residence at Citizens Bank Park. He goes Sixers a lot. Adam. He goes a lot. Eight three three Lickface is the Love voicemail it. number. Off season psychosis edition. Let's fucking go. I'm calling because I'm still not satisfied with your responses to the <laughs> holding slash group sex inquiries, and specifically, I think you are not sufficiently integrating that question with our larger goal as a podcast community to will these little fuckers into a championship. Um, Okay. So in the modern ethical non-monogamy world, when you arrange a cuckolding situation, it's not like you just 
selected dude. And then seconds later, he comes over and starts boinking your wife. You're going to start by going out as a group a couple of times, grab a coffee, a drink, an activity. I don't know, a little few rounds of mini golf, get a vibe going, which obviously with you and a Sixers player would be an incredible opportunity to ask some questions, get some clarity, motivate some skill development in a, you know, vulnerable, sweet kind of setting. Uh, So yeah, I just need you to think more thoroughly, more strategically about the potential of Sixers based cockholding slash group sex with your wives and decide on who you think within this context you could get the most out of or maybe just get the most information from. So, so a couple of things. Yeah. Becky, who is our most loyal caller. I would say so. Really holds our feet to the fire. Uh-huh. And we're not doing enough for the team. Demands us to be better. Yeah. Borderline doesn't even like us. It just expects more mm-hmm. all the time. I find it interesting that a cuckold situ I should use a cuckold situation <laughs> that is relatively forced upon me by my wife as a way to think, how can I help the Sixers be better? Yeah. I think that's an interesting approach that, uh, I think I might get to eventually, but it's hard to think about how that would take a few weeks. I think of me warming up to the idea before I get to like, well, maybe I can use this opportunity for, to make Daniel house, uh, a more, you know, high basketball IQ player. Can I have an opposing viewpoint on this? Go for it. I appreciate Becky. Becky, I love you. Becky has, uh, and I'm just saying Becky has occasionally said she's a spike guy. Becky, what am I, what am I going to do? I'm allowing the guy, I guess, to sleep with my wife what is going to happen at mini golf that is going to get them closer to a championship Mm. that is going to happen because we are hanging out. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could see, and again, I'm I'm on strike here, so I I can't fully pitch, but theoretically, (laughs) theoretically, maybe this could be a novel, which I would be allowed to write. Yeah. Theoretically, a, situational comedy could happen during a mini golf date where one party is simply trying to play mini golf to catch a vibe uh, from an ethical non-monogamous couple situation and the other one is trying to get them to be better at basketball. (laughs) I could see sort of, I could see, I could envision there being jokes there and that'd be a funny situation. Right. Um, I don't know how much it would help if I was, if, if there was something, if I would be maybe like a film session, I would, I would go to like a film session of like other players doing well and saying like, what do you think you could do here? And he's, you know, again, trying to start having sex with. Well, now there's simply no chance I could ever go mini golfing with my wife and a Sixers player without the other people there thinking something was going on. That yeah, isn't. if I saw that, if that was <laughs> spotted, if that was spotted by like Philly gossip 
mags. Yeah. Um, I would know. I would know what was that. Uh, we got a couple more. Hey, Spike, Mike, and Philip. Derek Bodner here. Uh, all this cuckold talks just made me my. I can't stop thinking about it. Which <laughs> sixer would you like to cuckold? Thanks. Interesting. Cuckold becomes the, cu- the cucky. Does that mean which sixer Do you want would I want life? to watch me have sex with his partner? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I would say not the best use of our time or platform <laughs> to start going through their Instagrams and looking at what their partners look like. Yeah, I and then I want no ranking them in some order in any way. Though, um, so I guess we'd have to say independent of whoever their partner is, if they have one. I don't know if all of them are in relationships. Uh, who would I want to watch me have sex? I would like some tips from Harden, who I bet just has so much sex and is like, I wouldn't mind having him put an eye on it and tell me what I could be doing better. I don't know that he has so much sex. He does actually. I, you think it's because Dan house or how do you, would you say you're saying it with an authority? I am saying, how could you, I know you hear things sometimes and you go like, uh, someone in the front office is telling me this, but I can't say that on the podcast. How would you in this situation hear that James Harden has a lot of sex? I can't, I will tell you off the pod. No, you can't. I don't want to hear it. I won't listen to it off the pod. You tell me here. If you could tell I, me now, you, you can tell me in front of all these people. All I can tell you is that, I have been told reliably that James Harden has a lot of sex. <laughs> I don't, there's no world where that would come out. Can I tell you, I am, believe it or not, I am in a specific situation where somebody would have told me that. I don't believe, I believe it. I don't believe it for, for a second. That's fine. That's fine. Cause it, Cause it could be like, Oh, Nope. James Harden had sex. Nope. Like, at this cl- at this club or at the park, and nope. someone saw him and then covered it up. Nope. That would be one time of sex. No, 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 no. I, you would like, have to know, like, hey, yeah. I'm James Harden's building manager, and we have a camera set up. Look, and I'm let not me judging. Text I, I want to be clear. I'm not judging, but I'm telling you, I believe that that I I'm comfortable telling you. That. <laughs> has a lot of sex. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. God bless who's him. Who's saying there's wrong, anything wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, God I bless think him. it's, I think it's, I doubt the validity of someone with enough knowledge to know intimately that he has a lot of sex and then telling you about it. Well, you don't have to take the information off the pot, but I'm willing to give it to you. I'm not taking it. Okay, that's fine. When you're ready to say it on the pod, you say it to me then. Okay, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. A final, final. Man of the people. Only, <laughs> I only get stuff if the if the listeners get it. That's also. fine. That's fine. Final in this series. Hey, it's Dan. I'm in Maine. This is an intervention. You guys fucked up. So a while ago, I started answering poop emails and poop messages. Um, and it opened the door. And now there's cuckolding, and now there's orgies, and in three months, you guys are going to be giving taint measurements on the air. Once you open that door, the boundaries are gone, 
And it's like, you know, Arkham Asylum when the villains take over. Um, you, you're going to have to get a hold of this thing and steer it back. Or you're going to be given taint measurements on the air. I'm worried for you. P.S. I don't trust uh, CJ either. I don't trust him. He looks like a, like, a, like a cartoon character. I don't trust him. Mark my words. But write it down. Later on, it's going to be a big deal. <laughs> mark my words. I don't trust him. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll mark. I'll consider those words marked. A hundred percent. I'm going to be taking that guy seriously. Writes Ricky Sedges at gmail.com. This what comes could CJ from... do? <laughs> what could CJ do? That we would go like, yeah, we were right to not trust him. Live Ricky's going to bring out that giant ruler and measure everyone's team. <laughs> if we don't have a roster by then. Yeah. You know, this comes from Chris, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Hi, Spike and Mike. I have a non-basketball question for Spike and a basketball one for Mike. Spike. As a known Springsteen hater, how do you deal with the fact that one of your favorite bands, The War on Drugs, is often compared to Bruce and cites him as an inspiration? Adam even went as far as naming his son Bruce. I don't think I'm a Springsteen hater. No, me. Oh, you, okay. Me, I am. Okay. Uh, The basketball question is you. I got the Ah, non-basketball one. Uh, So I have, I think, I think AU and I did a pod on this once, or AU Mutlu and I. Coincidentally, I love tons of bands that are directly influenced by Springsteen. Yeah, you said this on the podcast before. Yeah, Gaslight Anthem, Love the Killers, Love... Uh, like, I, I could do a whole list of those. Um, I don't I, I don't dislike the aesthetic, but I think Bruce... I don't like Bruce. So I, I like a bunch of people that were influenced by Bill Simmons, and I don't like Bill Simmons. There you go. You That's can do fine. that. You He's do clearly that. influential. I, I do not, not doubt his his greatness, you know. I the do. Bruce, Bruce, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm Mike, not a, not necessarily a Bruce guy, but don't dislike either. There's a a lot. I think the, if you have to, the it's something you just have to be raised great. by. You just have to be raised f- up to it. And I wasn't. My dad's not a Bruce guy. Mm-hmm. My mom's not a Bruce guy. It just wasn't around. And so, like other people are so all in, like fish the same way. It just like didn't happen. And so to get in now, it's just like I I've already like I'm not part of it and so i don't want to like opt in or something i don't know who knows first second concert i ever went to was bruce springsteen born in the usa tour with my dad at the vet i believe first was jackson five and second was born in the usa jackson five victory tour mike how would you deal with your favorite college prospect next year being compared to brandon ingram or james wiseman by all the draft outlets or yeah well i guess if they were Different players. How would you feel if if your favorite prospect was comped to Ingram or Wiseman, given that you hate both of them? I think. I mean, I think that I wouldn't be. They wouldn't be my favorite prospects if they would be comped to them. Mm. I would say. Yes. Saw Mountjoy absolutely killed it at the Lollapalooza main stage this weekend. Very cool to see how far they've come. They have blown the fuck up. Congratulations to Matt and Mountjoy, who will always be indebted to us. Because they fucked up with CJ that one time, but well, maybe maybe especially like Mountjoy, like maybe we are the Bruce Springsteen of Mountjoy. So they're inspired by us. Yeah, mm. I'm seeing they, them next week in Red Rocks. Um, oh, you're going to Red Rocks? Have you yeah. been there before? No, first time. Oh, uh, bro, it's very cool. So this will be my third time seeing them, and each show so far has been like a monumental step up in crowd so yeah you going backstage 
Probably not. Bro. Wow. Not. Bro, Red Rocks you could, you could is fucking, rocks. Red Rocks is fucking magical. And that's a great place to see them. That place is magical. I would also say about James Wiseman, like he's not the kind of player I dislike generally if he knew who he was. Like if there was right. a guy He's a great athlete. Honestly. He's a great athlete. If he was just like a smarter defensive player and didn't try to do so much in the offensive end. Like I like a, a big athletic pick and roll big and, but the awareness to know who he was would make him a different player. So just the idea of taking him top two and then saying like over like obviously better players. Um, and then going, who was also like never fitting in the Warriors system. And just going like, ah, he's good enough and we're smart enough and we'll make it work. And just like, that was just never going to happen. It was always stupid. Um, but if you got somebody like James Wiseman at like 37, then you go like, hell yeah. Like, just imagine a bigger, more athletic Rashawn Holmes. Like, that's the kind of player I would, I would like. That'd be fine. When I saw Wiseman at Summer League, it was the first time I had seen him because he played Summer League this year. It was the only time I've ever been in summer league. The, the first time I've seen him like in person. And I was actually like blown away by how physically like impressive he was. Yeah. It, it was so surprising to me that he stunk because I was watching him. And I was like, well, how does this guy stink? Yeah. You know, because he is physically impressive. One yeah. More, I mean, there's just, oh, there's, there's still that like almost, you know, the scouts from Moneyball esque level of like, Look at him. He's got to be good. And he's just not. You just there's you have to be smarter to play basketball. It is a it is like a very high intelligence game. That if you don't think the game well, it doesn't really matter how big and strong you are. Like you got to be smart. And he, and he's just he doesn't play smart. One more email, one more voicemail. The email comes from Brian writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Spike, Mike, CJ and Mr. President uh, do you think basketball question? Do you think we'll see any shift in Embiid's game now that he has the MVP for most of Joel's career, the Venn diagram of quote Embiid getting his and quote, what's best for the Sixers has been pretty much two overlap circles. But I do think there are moments where Embiid absolutely predetermines that he's going to get buckets at the expense of whatever else may be going on. For example, anytime Embiid goes into the half with 10 points or less, you know, he's getting about 12 shots up in that third quarter. And that's regardless of nights when they're winning at half because Maxi is on a heater or Tobias is having his one good game a month. This season, do you think Embiid will be more open to 18-ish point nights while playing good overall team ball? Well, 18 points seems a little light, but I do I, think it would be a good sign for the team if he his assists were up to... And his points were down three or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of this obviously depends on what they get in a hardened return. Yeah. The last two years of Joel's career, his assists have gone up. Um, whether that's being with Doc and sort of playing the sort of same position on the court, a lot of it from the nail, or him and Harden having a decent rapport in the regular season. Like his assist numbers are pretty good for a center, um, especially one that touches the ball as much as he does. And his turnover numbers are pretty low. Like his assist numbers went up, turnover numbers went down the past two years. 
That's good. Those are two good. Those are good numbers. And his usage rate is incredibly high. So it's not it's bad. like 37 or something, isn't it? His usage rate? Yeah. Yeah. His last two years, his usage rate has been 37 and his turnover rate has been uh, 11.3, 11.9, while his assist rate has been 23.5, 22.9 and assists per game, even though it's more minutes per game in the regular season with both two years back to back at 4.2, uh, which is nice, which is good. But would like to see that get up past five and the numbers, the, sh- the shooting numbers to be lower. The biggest thing, regardless of what happened with Harden, that I want him, that I want to see, and I think the Sixers also want to see uh, with Embiid under Nurse, is to shoot more than three threes per game. He's got to be up closer to five, at least. It's really, it's really strange that he's never. He doesn't like it. Improved at that, you know. Yeah, the it, biggest, the the biggest year was the Jimmy year, um, when he had averaged four point one a game. Threes. Um, yeah, four point one three three point attempts per game, and that was on thirty percent. So the last his the percentages come and go. He just has to commit to it. He has to commit to it and be and be like five threes per game on like you know his career thirty three point seven percent. I would love that to get to like at least thirty five thirty six. There's no reason it isn't. He's a he's an excellent foul shooter on tremendous volume. There's no reason he can't shoot thirty five thirty six percent from three regularly. Um, By the way, not just an excellent foul shooter when he's open. Not just an excellent foul shooter, like excellent mid-range, obviously. Excellent mid-range yeah. shooter. And yeah. the shooting passes the not the three-point shooting, which seems rather heavy for a guy who has such soft touch mm-hmm. within, you know, 17 mm-hmm. feet. His threes don't seem to have that same sort of like lightness to them, but he mm-hmm. it, his shooting does pass the eye test generally. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he shot a career year from two this past year, 58.7%. On twos, which is on 17 two-pointers per game, which is crazy. Um, that's got to happen. But but yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think he's going to get down. He's never going to score under 25 a game while he's in his prime. But if you can get it, I wouldn't mind if he's at 28, 29. He was at 33 last year. Yeah. That's a lot of, like, he won the MVP. If, that's, if that was a big goal for him, which it seemed like it was, then, like, great. Now, like, for the love of fucking God, the goal has to be getting to the conference finals. Has to. It must. It must happen. Goal. That must be it. That simply must be it. And so I think, depending on who they get for Harden, it it changes things. If that's somebody that can stretch the floor, then great. Then Joel can can still do the nail stuff. Can still do the L, you know some low block stuff. We'll see where Nick wants to put him. Um, but if it's somebody that like is more of a mid-range slasher and stuff like he really needs to be able to shoot a ton of threes he has to and he has to make quicker decisions and there has to be more spontaneity and offense going on around him and that and that might result in a higher turnover rate i think arguably it that's not a bad thing if he has more turnovers next year because he's trying to do more stuff and there's more chaos and that'll happen sometimes but hopefully when you get to the playoffs that becomes like something that is is a weapon because his his playoff numbers are way lower. Yeah. Way lower. So regular season, just like let's look at last year. Assist rate 22.9, turnover rate 11.9. Playoffs last year. Assist rate down 10 points to 12.7. Turnover rate up to 15.6. Wow. 12.7 assist rate. And, La- and the, the year before the year before that, assist rate 9.9. A crazy thing about the assist rate too is if you oh well you weren't here but the the net series 
like was really just him deferring the entire time, you yeah. know, for, for that series to happen and his assist rate to basically be cut in half. Now there were a lot of like hockey assist type plays in that, yeah. but, but still that's wild. Spike, Joel has been to the playoffs six seasons mm-hmm. in all six of those playoffs. Joel has had more turnovers than assists in each playoffs. Wow. Career, 148 assists in the playoffs, 193 turnovers. As, and shooting 28% from three. That's just not good enough. Like that, those are the numbers. Those are the numbers of like, can you get more action going on around him and can he take advantage of it? Open guys. Can he be mindful of not getting trapped and you know Marcus Smart, so many so many images of my head of Marcus Smart coming on the weak side and Joel just not expecting it and can you become a consistent three-point shooter so that you're not having to like they're not going to double you from you know 24 feet away in fact like they're probably happy to let you take it you just got to let them you got to make them pay for let it fly buddy it's it's pretty it's pretty bad those are pretty bad bad numbers. So those are things I would really, really need to see him improve on. Final, uh, final topic of the pod. 833 Lickface. Hi guys. Called a bunch of times. Occasional DMer on Twitter. I had a question regarding what Mike was saying about not wanting to call people who aren't his coach coach. I completely agree with that, but let me just paint a hypothetical scenario for you here. Let's say you were at some sort of fancy event, Mike, and you're wearing a suit and you met Doc Rivers, who was also wearing a suit. And for one reason or the other, you two had to speak to each other and you said, hi, Doc, nice to meet you. And let's just say in the scenario, Doc sort of smiles and he thinks he's being like really gregarious and really like giving and trying to just be a nice guy and meet you in the middle. And he's like, oh, Call me coach. Would you Maybe call middle. him coach? Or would you stick your guns and say, you're not my coach, Glenn, potentially, Doc? <laughs> what would Mike do in this scenario? That's what I'm very curious about. Basketball question? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. I, I can't even imagine thinking of one. Thank you. Bye. Well, I, sort of as we talked about, I'm mostly trying to diffuse situations. Yeah, you don't like conflict. I I don't like conflict with people I don't know. Right. I would say if it's somebody that I know and trust and I'm willing to have a hard conversation with, I would. Um, but random strangers, I'm not. And even though Doc's not, I would say random. Right. Um, I would probably be like, if I was feeling, if I was two or three margaritas deep, maybe <laughs> I... Say, is it real? Should it? Are you sure? You want me, a person that you've never coached, to coach me? I might, I might say that. Like, really? You think? Well, so instead of calling me, you call yourself coach. Call me supervising producer. That's my title at work. So I would like you to call me supervising producer, Spike. Supervising producer. It's very bizarre. Yeah. I think it's weird. And what would happen if he actually said that? I would yeah. take it to be so antagonistic. I would go like, oh, okay. And then I probably wouldn't talk to him again the rest of the night. But you wouldn't just call him coach? No. Even if he asked you to in person? I would not. If he was like antagonistic, I might not push back. I just wouldn't refer to him. 
right. in any way. In the same way that like various girlfriends, parents, I've avoided saying, calling them anything. Right. Because I'm not, you know, do we call them their first name or, or name? Yeah, I'm not doing yeah. that either. It's sort of just like, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to use anything. I'll Funny. say pronouns uh-huh. and I'll say like him. Right. Uh, or, like, you know, this is for ex-girlfriends, parents or whatever. I'll go like, I'll just sort of walk into their eye line so I don't have to say like, hey, Lois, like whatever. Valerie, my wife, for our first few dates, I noticed she did not address me as anything. She did not say my name. And when I called her on that, she embarrassingly noted that I met her at work. She felt ridiculous calling me Spike, but did not feel like she could just call me Brett, which is my real name, because we were not introduced as that and nobody called me that. So I told her she could call me Brett at that point, And I ordered her to call me Brett, but she did not say anything to me. She was yeah. avoiding me like you avoided uh, parents, parents' names. Yeah. I wouldn't call you. I wouldn't call you Spike if we were dating. <laughs> As your distant cousin, I can call you Spike. <laughs> um, and finally, Mike, I just wanted you to. Hey, give me three margaritas. I'm going to put it in my push. Give me four margaritas. I'm going to put it in my tush. Give me five margaritas. Margaritas. I'm going to put it in your bowl. Give me one margarita. Pretty good. Pretty good. We will talk to you next time. This podcast really has everything. It's a little bit of everything, except for basketball. Um, We'll talk to you next time. Good omen. Michael Lorenzen, no hitter. We're taking it. Okay. We're taking it for us. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know, like face. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you. That's a friend.